despite political divisions, there is this shared recognition that the U.S. has to do more to address biological threats, and that's a matter of both moral responsibility and national security interest. And there are several different concrete pathways to achieve that, both at home and abroad. Hi, I'm Michaela Simino, Associate Fellow with the CSIS Global Health Policy Center, and I'm here to talk about my recent report with Steve Morrison, The Worst is Over, Now What? Most Americans probably feel like we're living in this post-COVID moment, but policymakers are still struggling with how to fix gaps in our public health system ahead of the next possible biological threat. The post-COVID moment is not a friendly time for pandemic policy. A great deal of trust has been lost. Financial resources are hard to come by. And the political debate has really been locked in this retrospective battle over grievances rather than taking a forward-looking approach to how to make the world safer. So our report tries to look beneath the noise to identify opportunities for bipartisan action and see what can be done to sustain U.S. leadership on health security. Despite political divisions, there is this shared recognition that the U.S. has to do more to address biological threats, and that's a matter of both moral responsibility and national security interests. And there are several different concrete pathways to achieve that, both at home and abroad. We lay out five of these in our report. The first one is restoring trust. When the COVID-19 response faltered or guidance was unclear, that eroded trust and it allows misinformation to flourish. And so U.S. public health institutions need to both strengthen their technical performance and then also rehaul their communications capacities. The second piece is sustaining bipartisan achievements. There's two foundational pieces of legislation up for reauthorization this year, PEPFAR, which is the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief, and PAPA, the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act. And these and other longstanding investments are really the key to affirming U.S. leadership in global health. Third is putting new security doctrines into force. There's been a succession of new policies on biodefense and the bioeconomy that need clear leadership and need to be backed by resources to be put into force. Fourth is accelerating technology and doing so responsibly. Even though we've seen this continuing debate over COVID origins, it's made it clear that the U.S. needs to do more to be prepared to respond to all possible pandemic threats, no matter where they come from, whether it's natural, accidental, or deliberate in origin. And that creates an opportunity to build on innovations that advance during COVID on countermeasures like vaccines or surveillance tools, and also to take a look at the accelerating development of new tools like AI or synthetic biology and think about how to close gaps in biosafety, biosecurity policy to prevent misuse. The fifth strategy is elevating U.S. diplomacy. There have been new offices set up at the White House and the State Department in the wake of the pandemic, and those plus growing U.S. global alliances provide a platform to do a lot more on pandemic security. But we know the U.S. needs to build a bigger tent than it's had in the past, and low- and middle-income countries are looking for a genuine commitment to equity before they buy into any new global legal or financial frameworks. These partners and competitors like China all need to be at the table to address looming diplomatic challenges like the impacts of climate change on health. At the end of the day, there is a strategy to move forward, but only if U.S. policymakers choose humility and a willingness to admit mistakes on all sides. To read the full report, The Worst is Over, Now What?, please visit CSIS.org. 